if I do read suspense books again, I will almost certainly read the ending way before it is due to read the ending. Just know that I will have spoiled the ending for myself in the process. <sighs> if only we could take our love of reading to a new level. Well, I've always wanted to start a book club. Book club! Four masochists and other deviants. Hello and welcome to the Book Club for Masochists, where we read and discuss all the genres and types of literature, regardless of our actual interest in them. Every month we read books from a new, randomly picked genre. Then on the podcast we discuss our reading choices, experiences, opinions, appeal factors, and other related topics as friends and library workers. This is episode number 186, and it is time for us to discuss the genre of suspense. I should have, like, put a long pause before I said suspense. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. That works. My name is Jam. I'm a librarian in Vancouver, British Columbia, which is located on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded land of the Musqueam, Squamish, tsleil and Stolo people. My name is Matthew. I'm a librarian in Fort Collins, Colorado, USA. And my name is Anna. I'm also a librarian in Fort Collins, Colorado, USA, which is located on the traditional and ancestral homelands of the Arapaho, Cheyenne, and Ute nations and peoples. My name is Megan. I'm an archivist. I live and work on the unceded traditional territory of the Algonquin Anishinaabe, which is also known as the National Capital Region of Canada. So first of all, if any of our listeners actually listened to the last episode, which was the bonus episode I put out of my uh, academic book chapter that I co-wrote, uh, thank you. I appreciate it. I know it was not what we usually do, but I hope you found it interesting. And if not, uh, I hope you didn't listen to the entire thing then, I guess, if you found it very boring. Announcements for this episode. First of all, as always, we have a book list for the genre in question this month's suspense by Black, Indigenous, and People of Color authors. So you can find that on our website or in the show notes to this episode. And another announcement is we took a little, you might have noticed that our schedule has been uh, less episodes recently. And there are a number of reasons for that. One of which is that we felt we had run out of topics to talk about. So if you have topics you really want us to talk about, please let us know and we'll consider doing them. But in the meantime, next year, we will be doing less episodes overall. Our goal is to do 18 episodes next year, which is every month you will still get a genre episode from us. And then every second month, you will get a second episode about um, like what media we've read, the one book, one podcast, favorite books of the year, that sort of thing. And maybe depending on things, there might be other episodes sprinkled in there as well. And that's specifically, um, if you have other topics, that's specifically for those episodes that we've been doing on just various random issues and topics related to libraries and book culture um, that we would be interested to hear if anybody had things they particularly want to hear us talk about. Um, we do have to consider that they make a full episode's worth of conversation and things like that. Um, so it's not a, you know, just an automatic, we can do that decision. There's some pieces that go into it. But also, honestly, uh, Matthew is our editor and has been putting a lot of effort into that. And we are very grateful for that effort. But he could use a little bit of a slowdown on some of that. We also do next year have episode 200 coming up. Um, so if you have any suggestions for what we could do to celebrate that, please let us know. Jazz hands do not make sound, I'm afraid. But mm, I did do jazz hands. Yes. And uh, not this podcast specific, but... 
If you're interested in listening to, because it is that time of year, if you're interested in listening to a podcast about winter holiday music, you should check out Jam's other podcast, because this is the time of year to, to listen to that one specifically. So Jam, tell us about your other podcast, because it is that time of year. It is that time of year. My other podcast is called Hark Podcast. You can find us at harkpodcast.com or jingle.horse. We talk about holiday music, uh, Christmas music, Hanukkah music, winter general music, all sorts of winter holidays. Uh, And we are coming up on episode, oh boy, I should know. I think it is 350 that we're on this year. Yes, 350. Thank you. That's all I need to say about Hark. Suspense. So in the past, I have discussed my genre-based theory of running, (laughs) in which if a book features a lot of running, it's a thriller. And if it doesn't, it's a suspense. I've I've since changed this slightly. I've, I've adapted. I've expanded my theory. So if you're running towards something, it is a thriller. If you're running away from something, it's a horror. And if you're waiting for someone to get to you, it's suspense. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't figure out what suspense was supposed to be as a genre. Like, I could understand it in novelist. If you search for stuff, you can search suspenseful books, regardless of genre. But a lot of the things that showed up on lists, I, I, I thought of as like, psychological thriller psychological horror plain old thriller some mystery stuff so i had a lot of trouble like putting my finger on what suspense fiction was supposed to be i had the same sort of challenge actually i it was harder than i thought it was going to be um i feel like i went into this month feeling like i had a better understanding of what suspense is than i did when i started to actually try to look for books and i was like this is just mystery novels or crime novels or thrillers or like this is a psychological thriller this is like i i'm not clear on what i'm supposed to specifically find via suspense as a genre i literally read a book that said a novel of suspense on the cover and that didn't help anything (laughs) i can do you one better in that i went in thinking i knew what suspense was and i came out of the month not knowing what suspense was and also not knowing what mystery was so i've like went down a genre i'm like two (laughs) genres less than i came into the month with and we're not even doing mystery this month but i'm now like i don't know what mystery is either oh no we devolved so much this month (laughs) whoops yeah, I, I also feel like I, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of overlap with with mystery and with thriller. Uh, but it, it, it feels very fuzzy. And I, I, I think I felt a similar way with uh, when we did crime, um, where I was like, this is this is I think this is mysteries. I think this is mostly mysteries. Um, but crime like one of the things that I took out of is like, okay, there are some books that are like not from the point of view of somebody trying to solve a crime. And those are definitely crime and not mystery, even though some of these crimes have this overlap and suspense. I, I, I struggle a little bit to think of examples of something that's a suspense, but not either also a mystery or a thriller. Though I'm sure, I'm sure there is a book that, that, if I spent a year reading suspense instead of just a month, I would uh, find something and be like, ah, this is it. This is 
something I would call suspense, but probably wouldn't call a mystery or a thriller. The pure object. (laughs) Yes, the platonic ideal. (laughs) But even then, I don't know that it would be like, would that be the first genre I would ascribe to it? Or is it more of a a, like theme or, or, or a trope than a genre unto itself? It's also interesting because you do see a lot of books described as suspenseful, which is somehow different than suspense in some ways. But I could not articulate what that difference is. So, you know, sometimes we look at subject headings to try and see whether they're related to genres. And uh, for one of the public libraries I go to, they have both the subject headings in English and in French. So I looked up, you know, brute force, keyword, suspense, which turns up every thriller because all thrillers, the subject heading in French is Roma à suspense. Which is suspense novel. Yeah. Huh. I don't feel I saw a lot of stuff like tagged as suspense when I was looking around. And and the, the novels I found in like the library systems that were described as suspense all sounded truly, overwhelmingly, completely uninteresting to me. To the extent where I don't even remember what was so terrible about them that that like they're all gone from my mind. I don't know what they were. Other than not for me. Yeah, I will say I it was more of a struggle to find something in a lot of ways because I was constantly second guessing every single thing I looked at and being like, no, but this is more of a thriller. This is more of a mystery. This is more of a this, that, the other thing. I kept going in circles with this <laughs> until I finally was like, I, I don't know, pick anything. <laughs> but yeah, it, and it was, I found, it, that's the other thing. If you do a Google search, even for it, it sends you to lists of thrillers. It does not yep. send you to lists of suspense. Like it's even harder to just look things up in this area. Now, in my mind before this month started, I would have categorized in some ways suspense as Fiction that creates a sense of dread that something terrible is going to happen to the characters, which has a lot of overlap with crime fiction, I feel, especially. But there's another type of thing that I realized this month when I read 10 volumes of a manga series, no, 12 volumes of a manga series, described as suspenseful, that I think I would categorize this. And this is like a theoretical subgenre that I think about, but that I have not read any like prose versions of, which I describe as escape room fiction wherein the character or characters are faced with a series of like basically life or death puzzles that they have to solve in order to escape from the thing and so sometimes these and these are usually more like you know figuring out like weird logic puzzles um or like things like that which is makes them like less thrillery and more psychological in many ways. And so I can see how like there the suspense thing can be applied to this. It it's like a locked door mystery, except you're locked in the room and trying to get out. However, I I don't know if this is if anyone else thinks of this as a genre or a subgenre or sub subgenre. Yeah, I would say I think of it after this month, it feels a little bit less like a genre, but it doesn't feel as if it is entirely unnecessary to discuss, um, partially because when I think of what you desire from your reading, there's a lot of people who may think about, say, 
thriller novels and think that's not what I want. But if you describe those, if you select thrillers that have a lot of suspense in them and set those aside for people and say this is suspense, then they're like, that's what I want, right? So there may be like this difference between um, in how we communicate and also how we select things that emphasizes a certain tone or feel to the um the materials, but it's very, very hard to categorize in a manner that isn't also just a subcategory and or complete overlap with other um with other genres. It's it's one of those things where I don't know how to define it, but I know it when I see it to some extent. You're making me think, though, how there are a lot of different aspects to books that draw and repel people away from them. And so it might be the same pool of books in which we are describing variously as thrillers, as psychological, whatever, as horror, depending on what it is about the book that actually appeals to us. And so if we were bigger suspense readers, it would be clearer to us uh, which of the pool that we were looking at would have those suspense elements more clearly. And so it is less whether or not it's one genre you could stick to a book and whether or not it has the elements that will appeal to a suspense reader versus a pure thriller reader or whatever it is that you look for when you're looking for a book. Yeah, I feel you could give the same book to different people and describe it as a thriller or a suspense or a horror potentially and get and have them agree with that depending on what type of books they already read and what they enjoy. That makes me think of like a question that I have for you all, which is um, about the agency of the main character or characters in the book. And if they they are pretty competent and high agency people, does that tend it towards thriller? Where if they are more vulnerable people, does that tend it towards suspense? I, because I think of like spy novels, you're talking about people with a ton of like know-how and special fancy dancy skills right i'm sure they wouldn't describe them as fancy dancy but still like it's a terminology i can use um (laughs) fancy dancy spy yeah (laughs) i feel like though one of the things that makes the suspense is an imbalance in in knowledge like the character is unaware of something and maybe the reader is aware of what the character is unaware of or maybe you're both sort of in the dark but you're aware that there are some pieces missing and so it's not a question of capacity or or brute strength or or whatever in dealing with the situation so much as the unknown is is preying upon both of you in in different ways mm-hmm. our experiences previously with reading suspense <laughs> shrugs also do not come through in audio format but megan just did a big shrug in terms of Fiction that creates a sense of dread in me that something terrible is going to happen to the characters. That is also like specifically, explicitly not horror fiction, because I think that can be in horror fiction as well. There are a number of comics I've read that I think I would put into this category. One of them is Scalped, written by Jason Aaron and drawn by a number of different artists, where I distinctly remember reading this this series and being like, oh, don't do that, don't do that. Something horrible is going to happen to you when you do this. But needing to to read more and just being in the sense of like wanting to read more, but not wanting to read more because I'm like, if I read more, something terrible is going to happen. And another comic 
comics written by Ed Brubaker and drawn by Sean Phillips, who've done a lot of different crime and noir and that sort of thing, comics, some of their ones have given me the same sense that, oh no, these characters are making the wrong decisions and bad things are going to happen to them. And so I keep reading to find out what it is, but it's not horror, you know? It's it's different from like the dread I feel when reading a Junji Ito graphic novel, which who's a horror create comics creator. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting thing. So I've read those and those were I guess I would I would describe as in my mind suspense because I was suspend suspended? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a state of suspense. Yeah, I was in a state of suspense. Of like, yeah, not knowing what was going to happen next, but thinking it was going to be a bad thing. Like, I don't think suspense, I think suspense, it has to be a bad thing. No one is like, oh no, will they get this really nice thing happen to them? Look, if it's suspense for a good thing, you're probably reading a romance novel or something like that. <laughs> well, like, and romantic suspense is a thing, though. It's true. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely ran into a lot of that when I was searching around on Libby and I kept being like, no, 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 suspense as in like mystery, thrillery, not suspense as in I'm going to fall in love with you while we run from a thing and or shoot a person. Yeah, and I, like is, is romantic suspense just like thrillers with romance in them? There is like a sexy thriller, sexy suspense thing. I don't know if they're really romance though. Maybe. I feel like I read one in which, like, the lady was a hostage negotiator or something like that. And I feel a genre coming down the pipeline towards us. <laughs> I am almost certain that romantic suspense is already in our genre list. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> what I'm suggesting is it's barreling towards relevancy. I did want to mention one thing, as, as I can recall a number of times in which the, like, you know, sometimes when... The storylines includes like social humiliation or super awkwardness in a really uncomfortable kind of way. And that's the kind of thing where if it's a film or a book, sometimes I'll just stop reading because it makes me so uncomfortable. And it could be thought of as a kind of suspense in terms of, you know, the characters making terrible decisions or perhaps, you know, someone is terrible in their life and you're aware that the terrible thing is going to happen. And so maybe I'm just like, avoidant for a, a, a certain circle of suspense type literature. I mean, that applies to me too. I generally avoid anything that causes these sorts of feelings in me. And that this is not the like, like a lot of people um, would characterize this kind of reading as their um, pleasure reading, right? It's their for fun enjoyment reading. And this is the pure opposite for me. It makes me so uncomfortable and so miserable the whole time. And I almost universally skip to the end of them to find out what happens in the end. Um, because I just cannot sit with it. I hate it. It's the wrong sensation for me personally. My body does not translate it properly. And body, mind, whatever. Does not translate it in a way that I am able to handle um, but also, yes, that same sort of that awkward, that's like uh, why most sitcoms, <laughs> I just hate sitcoms. They're awful. <laughs> yeah, I didn't talk about my background, but I don't really know if I if I have a lot of background in this. I was just looking up Case Histories by Kate Atkinson, um, which uh, Wikipedia lists as a detective novel rather than a mystery novel. I just remember that one, like, in addition to, like, solving mysteries 
uh, like a, a male Bob shows up at his house at some point or something like that. Um, so it felt more like it had a dash of, of thriller, thrillerness, um, and may have been suspense, but also I had to read it for school in, in undergrad and I don't think I actually finished it. So that's it. One unfinished novel. I'm not sure counts. <laughs> I definitely thought you said male Bob and I'm like, what is a male Bob? <laughs> That this shows up at someone's house? Like, I'm like, man named Bob? I also heard Bob, so. Sorry about that. Gotta enunciate that consonant better. That's okay. There's a really nice, uh, uh, like, mental image that comes out of the male Bob. For search strategies, I went, I mean, yeah, did, did a keyword search in the catalog for suspense, did a subject search, went to the uh, ebook collection and looked there and just... This is not this is not my preferred area of of the novel world, and so just a lot of things based on cover I kind of ruled out, <laughs> um, and ended up checking out some like book and library related ones uh, that I didn't end up reading because um, I feel like one one or two I I got like a few pages in or a few like minutes in if it was an audiobook uh, and. And just felt like uh, this. This it just felt like a little like snarky, and just the tone was not was not right for me this month. Uh, and the one I ended up reading uh, was one that came up on just like a suspense subject search. I don't know. I don't know how if it's the best fit for the genre, but it was uh, by an author I've read for the podcast before and really enjoyed. And so I picked one that I ended up enjoying. Yay. <laughs> whether or not it's the best example of the genre. I actually used Novelist quite a bit for this one um, because they have this suspenseful like uh, filter that you can use. I also looked up lists of suspense novels, which tended to be older things. Um, and then I just tried to avoid anything that whiffed of a uh, contemporary or domestic thriller, psychological thriller, that kind of stuff, because I knew this wouldn't appeal. So I tried to lean more towards what looked like might be sci-fi or um, other related things. And I, yeah, <laughs> borrowed a whole bunch of things, read a whole bunch of things, and then was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I can talk about this a little bit. Yeah, I just searched like extensively for various suspense things in the library catalog and read so many like blurbs of what the plots were and was so uninterested in them all. And so I was very excited when I found a book of short stories that had the word suspense in the title. And I'm like, great, I'll read this. And I did. And it did not help me understand what suspense was. This this is it also the word uh, we will get to this. This is also the book that made me not understand what mysteries were. So <laughs> Yeah, I did a huge amount of <laughs> Searching around in Google list and finding lists and trying different term sets. Um, I tried some that were more like focused on um, maybe more something that reminded me more of like annihilation type things that were a little more um, integrating some of the more supernatural and or, you know, is it is it or isn't it real kind of stuff. 
And I did not have much success at all. Uh, we went to the library, spent a bunch of time searching while I was there. I mostly walked away with a bunch of other books in totally different genres and areas that sounded interesting to me and did not successfully end, end up with much in the way of uh, actual sus suspense that seemed interesting to me, though I tried. I did come home with a couple of them and was like, oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm still not interested in this at all. Um, and then I borrowed a couple of audiobooks. Libby was a weird kind of searching process because it just seemed to pull so many very different types of things with that search. I was like, these do not seem similar to each other at all um, sometimes. And I did borrow a couple of them. One of them I borrowed and I was like, because um, the description sounded interesting and then went to look up some reviews and the reviews were not super high, but one of the reviews mentioned another book that they said, um, you know, these two are comparable in a lot of ways and this other book is way better and does suspense really well. And I was like, okay, well, then let's go see if that book is available. And it was. So I borrowed that one. And that's the one I ended up listening to part of. I did not listen to a whole book this month. <laughs> I think that means I have to figure out which books I actually want to talk about then. Yeah, I read 10 things. I mean, I think four of them are graphic. So Six for, for novels, but still. Yeah, I, I guess if I count like the six volumes, the six double volumes of Alice in Borderland I read, then I read like 14 things this month, but I do not count that. Yeah, it's like the, t the, the two things that I enjoyed this month were not things that I read because of the podcast. They were just things I read that I'm like, oh, maybe these count. <laughs> yeah. So Anna said a thing that made me think of a book that I read that I did enjoy that sort of counts in the suspense month, I think. Um, and it's kind of like, it was definitely not contemporary thriller at all. It's called Ascension by Nicholas Binge. It's a 2023, uh, publication and it, uh, I don't know if they explicitly said like Lovecraft Mountains of Madness, but that's what I took it as, Mountains of Madness. And it's, um, this guy... Uh, he's lost contact with his brother. He thinks he's dead. He's had him declared dead. And then someone run in, runs into him and says, Hey, I think I saw your brother at like a mental health care facility somewhere far away. So the guy's like, Oh my God, I have to go see if this is indeed my brother. Um, and he does go. And then like almost immediately within the next couple of days, his brother kills himself, leaves a suitcase full of letters that he'd written to the guy's daughter. So the book is The Letters. And the storyline is basically this guy is like really well-known physicist, used to be a medical doctor, has some personal trauma, whatever, gets called over to do fancy physicist things all over the world, who knows why, and gets embroiled into a uh, mysterious mission uh, around a mountain that has suddenly appeared in the middle of the ocean don't you want to figure out what this weirdness is? And so it plays with that kind of annihilation, questioning of reality. People are having trouble keeping hold of their emotions. Uh, the environment is really quite harsh. Um, and, you know, time does weird things, whatever. Plus the Lovecraftian touches if you're um, into that kind of thing. So this appeals to all of my particular reading habits. It's got like vague supernatural stuff. It's got uh, Lovecraftian touches. It's got, uh, you know, just 
generally well-written storyline type of thing does not involve whether or not anybody's, like, housekeeper is plotting to murder them. Aces. (laughs) (laughs) Just was showing Matthew that the author of this book is based in Edinburgh. (laughs) So... The book I read with the word suspense in the title was The Best American Mystery and Suspense 2023, edited by by Lisa Unger and Steph Cha. So this actually might set the record for newest thing we've ever talked about on the podcast, because I borrowed this book from the library entirely by chance, by the way. I found it while I was in the library, less than a month after it came out. It was brand like it was not on the new section of the shelves, which is even stranger. It was just in the like mystery section, but it came out like the end of October, borrowed it at the beginning of November, so brand new. And it has a bunch of different stories, um, which are theoretically suspense and mystery. It's this anthology has been around for a long time, edited by various people, and it only added the ti- the term suspense to the title I think three or four years ago. So previous to that, it was the best American mystery every year, mystery stories. And I thought that was interesting that they had added suspense to this. And I don't know why they did that. Um, I would have to go back and like read the introduction to that volume to find out. What I did find in this one, which I believe I shared with all of you, was that the editor said, okay, Canadians, you can now submit to this anthology because you keep asking if you can, uh, even though it says American in the title. Uh, because let me tell you, there's no best Canadian mystery and suspense collection every year. While I enjoyed a few of the stories in this collection, I would struggle to say I found many of them particularly suspenseful or particularly mystery-like. And I know this comes from the fact that I don't read a lot of mystery fiction to begin with. And so in my mind, mystery fiction is like a detective investigating a murder. And most of these, I would say, did not fall into that category. And I would describe, as Anna said, a lot of these were just crime fiction. A crime has been committed. You know who did it. And then it's just finding out what happens next. So this is why I'm like, I don't know what a mystery is anymore. Because are these mysteries? Which of these are mysteries? Like, I think one or two of them, I'm like, oh, this is definitely, there's somebody investigating a crime. This is definitely a mystery. Um, But others, not so much. The one... I will mention that I don't think is suspense or mystery, really, either of these. Maybe it's maybe it's a little bit. It's called Forward by Jacqueline Framore. And it is written as though it is a forward to an like a, a from an academic about a book. And I liked it a lot. Because I like that sort of weird metafiction thing. Uh there's footnotes to made up like academic articles. Uh, and other things, um, and it has a good ending. I made Anna read it. It was good. So I shouldn't be surprised by this because the book is the best American mystery and suspense stories, but I found the stories in this very American in a way I struggle to describe, Um, and, and American specifically in a way I found uninteresting as well, which is strange because like i've read i read a lot of american fiction a lot of american comics a lot of crime comics set in america that i enjoy and read but for whatever reason the way this the store many of the stories in this felt i was like not for me i was gonna say this is gonna become a bingo square for matt in which he complains the book he's read is american in an unappealing <laughs> kind of way <laughs> possible but yeah, I think I think if you like that sort of thing, then you should check out this anthology. You probably already read them, though. 
You reminded me, though, there was an article I read uh, um, while I was trying to figure out suspense, mystery, whatever. And one of the arguments was thriller, the complete ignorance of what's going to happen, whereas suspense, the the reader knows more than the um, the main characters. And so if the, the who committed the crime is known, that makes it more likely to be suspense, I guess. Hmm. Well, that is a great segue into what I read because uh, I read a book that, while it does say mystery on the cover, who who did it is figured out pretty quickly. Um, so the book that I read is Malice by the author Kaigo Higashino. Uh, I think previously I read it might have been for our Crime Month, one of our one of our mystery adjacent. Uh, genres that we've done before. I did another one of his books, uh, The Devotion of Suspect X, which I, I really enjoyed. And this one is a different detective. Uh, this is from the Kyochiro Kaga series, the Detective Kaga series, uh, which I, th- I think was like number three in Japan. These are translated from Japanese. Number three in Japan, number one in the the North American translation, because, you know, <laughs> that's how we that's how we translate things sometimes. Uh, so the the plot of Malice, and I feel like I'm going to struggle to talk about this without doing any spoilers, um, but the plot overall is that there is a best-selling, famous, like clit- critically acclaimed literary superstar author named uh, Kunihiko Hidaka, um, Hidaka uh, who is murdered. Uh, and is found in his home um, the night before he is set to move to um, from Tokyo to uh, Vancouver. Um, so nice Vancouver tie-in, though they never make it there. And his body is found by his wife and his best friend. And his best friend is also a writer, um, and you know, not not as famous, um, but uh, starts writing about uh, the day that he died. Um, just you know to to like have a record and and to to you know process it for himself and so that is the opening chapter of of the book is is the writer friends um notes on the day um that uh hidaka died and the book is in these sections not not a ton of sections i think like five or six sections um so uh fairly long longer than chapters um but Five or six sections, and the first one is is by the friend Nonaguchi. The second one is by Detective Kaga, who knows Nonaguchi um, from when they were both teachers previously and have both gone into different lines of work. Um, and Kaga's notes, uh, I, I really enjoyed reading. I think, I think this is maybe not a not a great example of suspense because um, one of the things I really liked about it is sort of how dry it all felt. Um, like, because both characters are like, here are my notes about the things that happened. Um, you know, Nonaguchi's sections feel a little more, um, you know, have a little more flavor. Um, but Kaga's notes, at one point, I was like, I feel like I'm reading the Wikipedia version of these events. And that's great for me. I love that. <laughs> this this feels very, this feels much more enjoyable than like being stressed out about, about what's going on. <laughs> Just having someone really straightforwardly telling me the facts of the situation. It's great. So I appreciated that aspect. I do think the, like, 
yeah, e- each section is like switching back and forth between their notes. And then the last second last section is a bunch of interviews. Um, so still sort of has that sort of metatextual, you know, sort of veneer of, of being part of a, a real case where it's just like straight transcripts of, of interviews. And then the very last section breaks that a little bit unless it is like a transcript if he was like record it's like one character giving a monologue basically um and i'm like i don't know which of them would have recorded this or wrote this down but anyway uh otherwise i really enjoyed the the formatting um and yeah it is it is apparent really fast that uh i don't think this is a huge spoiler um because it comes out in like the second chapter the second section um that nonaguchi did the crime, um, killed Hadaka. And so who did it is not the the point of tension of the book. Uh, the point of tension is why he did it, because they were best friends um, uh, and and all of this. And so Kaga has to investigate their history together. And um, yeah, I, I'll say this book like got me in several, several times in, in several ways where um, it is very good at, at, uh, leading you to believe one thing and and sort of concealing something else um in a way that is does not feel super contrived feels very very natural and like you could have figured it out if you were you know looking at it a different way um so possibly possibly it's a cycle more psychological kind of suspense trying to uh unwrap this this the 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 suspense of why why did this happen? What was this re- relationship really like? Um, and there are some like other other events that that are getting figured out at the same time. Like such and such person died in the past in an accident. Was that really an accident? Was that also murder? Was that a suicide? Um, one of the characters has uh, cancer, um, and is this going to get figured out before that person? Um, passes away and and there's there's yeah a bunch of things going on but like written very sort of straightforwardly and in a way that was really easy and enjoyable for me to read uh and i would highly recommend it if you really like to be on the edge of your seat uh it may not be that kind of suspense but if you just kind of like a really sort of puzzly mystery um then then you'll probably like it i thought i had read this but my Book Trekker says it's a to-read instead of a read, which is curious. But that does sound very appealing. One more thing about the about Malice is that uh, it was written, I think, originally in like 1996 or, or something like that, mid to late 90s. And so uh, an appeal factor for me was like all of the delightful, outdated technology, like sending a, a fax from a computer, which was like a new new wild thing that cutting cutting edge technology you could do was uh was a big plot point and the detective at point has a warrant for a floppy disk it's great i love that <laughs> a plus uh so the one that i listened to not all of as i mentioned i, I want to be honest about this is called dead woman walking from the author sharon bolton um it's set in scotland and um, the basic conceit is that there's a whole big group of people, like 13 people that are up in an air balloon for a trip. Um, and while they're up there over a really remote 
wooded area, they witness a murder. And the murderer is able to cause the balloon to crash, which kills almost everybody in the balloon, except for one person who now must try to escape the situation. So that's the conceit. Sounds very thrillery. But the way it is done is much more about the suspense of the situation than about the like thriller aspects of the situation. So um, it starts off with, it's got very short chapters and it starts off just slowly building the situation and the characters and inside their heads and what they're thinking. And you get a little flashbacks into earlier in their lives and things like that. Uh, you also, as soon as the murderer commits the murder, you're inside his head too um, and following from his perspective as well. Um, this is all pretty much stuff that comes from, you could figure out either from the, um, description and or, uh, from like the first chapter or so, like, this is not, not revealing anything, but from here on it, it gets really hard to say anything without revealing things. <laughs> Just like you were saying, Jam, like, it's very hard to say anything about, um, the book that doesn't reveal much because it's definitely about throwing in twists and about having knowledge, Yep, both the readers have more knowledge than characters at certain points, but also the book itself. Like there is the 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 author is holding secret knowledge of what's going on that you do not know um, until further things are revealed. Um, and there is definitely some like this is not this is not that is not this <laughs> like this person is not that person is not this person is it's it's layers <laughs> it's layers um, that are going on in here. And I will say, I, I will also admit straight up front, this is not for me. <laughs> this is, I can totally see how this would be super enjoyable for some readers. This would be really interesting because there is a um, sort of fascinating setup with this anxiety inducing situation that you could see yourself somehow ending up in this crazy and yet kind of plausible situation. Um, and, there's some really interesting stuff that's going on in it, and it's written very, very well. The author's a good writer, but it is 110% not <laughs> the type of characters I enjoy spending time with uh, or the types of characterizations. Like, I got almost immediately really frustrated with certain characters in here about feeling like they were tropes that I really dislike seeing it they're just not the right tropes for me uh as a reader so i struggled with that quite a bit and that's part of the reason why i struggled to finish this book because i just could not bring myself to come back and keep listening to it because i was just not particularly invested in it i kept getting annoyed by aspects of it that i knew other people would love but to me it was just the wrong things and also i was tense and i dislike being tense when i'm reading my books um <laughs> So it does manage that, I guess. It manages to hold tension and make you feel like, um, you know, there's something to keep keep reading for because you need to know what's going to happen. Uh, and it really does hold that, like, well through the book because I did skip ahead then to the end and was like, I'm not going <laughs> to do this whole thing anyway, so I might as well go, like, figure out um, where this is going. And it, there's quite a bit more scene setting and things that occurs than what I specified here like the full history of these characters lives is indeed relevant <laughs> i hadn't considered until you just mentioned it 
but survival stories definitely seem like a sort of suspense fiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just read a a book by Blair Baverson, Baverson. Um, she wrote Into the Ice Cube or whatever. I think I listened to that. It's a memoir. But she wrote a, um, a suspenseful nature sur- survival book that was premised around um, a bunch of strangers go into the wilderness as part of a, a survival reality television show. And then things get weird and, and wrong. Um, I think I read it for horror or something instead. And then I was like, this was not, no, that was not horror. So, <laughs> but definitely I can see how it would be. Cause you're like, well, are they going to survive? Is this character going to die of that wound? Or are they going to be able to find food? Like there was a lot of that. It's Blair Braverman and it's welcome to the goddamn ice cube. Is that the one? That's the memoir. Uh, she shows up periodically on the podcast you're wrong about she shows up on there oh yeah she does and i actually have found those really enjoyable episodes actually i really like the the things they talk about in her presence in there she's really interesting to listen to i think i listened to the one about the rugby team that crashed in the andes yeah. and then maybe also the donner party yeah book by blair baverman was small game so the comics i read that i'll mention briefly were Alice in Borderland by Harrow Asso, which is also a Netflix show as well. It is about people that wake up one day in an abandoned Tokyo and end up having to do challenges or games or they get killed by lasers from the sky. And the challenges are sometimes like physical, but often are psychological. And so you have like these various challenges about like, who can you trust and people discussing, Oh, what's the best like technique to use in this psychological experiment, blah, blah, blah. Very suspenseful. Who's going to live? Who's going to die? Uh, very readable. I read a whole bunch of volumes of that this month. The other one is night fever by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Who I mentioned earlier, this one is, I think it's set in the 1970s. It's about a guy who works for a book publishing company in America going to France and ending up involved in some weird crime sort of stuff and underground sex parties and like a life that is very different from his normal one. And the entire book, the entire story, I was like, something terrible is going to happen to him. Something terrible is going to happen to him. And I just, and so like that had me like this feeling of like anxiety about what was going to happen to this character, uh, which to me is a, a suspenseful feeling that I got from reading this. And I will say that, like, while I do not usually read this stuff in prose, Brubaker and Phillips are so good at what they do that their comics are so well put together that I'm happy to read any of their comics, their crime comics, and anything else like this they put out. They're all basically some variation of crime comics, really, but they put out a lot of stuff that's all very good. Yeah. I read um, Reckless by Ed Brubaker this month. And that was kind of a crime thing. Noir, noir, noir crime. Reckless, like there's four of those now, I think, four or five in that series. Um, They put out a ton of them. And they're like in the mold of the old kind of trashy adventure, like not adventure, but like series books that you used to find that were like, that I think have just been replaced by video games, honestly. Uh, It's like action 
pulpy action detective whatever stuff for men and they're very good at what they do i could see that that like that's explicitly what they tried to do yeah the last book i'm going to mention uh is the one that said a novel of suspense on the cover uh just to give a sense of what that book was about. It's a series. It starts with the book called A Solitude of Wolverines by Alice Henderson. It was published in 2020. There are, I think, at least three others now that all have, like, nature things tied into the title. And it starts out with this biologist who has helped keep um, developers from developing an important wetland in a nearby town, village, city, and so they're doing a little, you know, congratulations ceremony. This this wetland is now safe from development. Um, and then a really angry former construction guy is like storms up with a gun and tries to shoot people. Um, and everybody's running around and everybody's scared, but then the gunman gets shot by someone else and you, they don't catch the second someone else. And our main character, whose name I've forgotten, but that's not important, really, is a biologist, and that's her thing, and she's in the city, and someone gets her a call, and it's like, hey, do you want to go up to this remote former ski town area? We want to do a count on how many wolverines are living in this area. It's going to be potentially part of a reserve area. The land has been donated to this nonprofit, whatever. And she's like, sure, that's great. I'm tired of living in the city. To, um, taking a break from my from my boyfriend who's kind of being not great so I'll just go I'll go down I'll go out to this remote town and do the thing and then you know strange strange things happen and the town folks are sometimes not so welcoming and whatever and that kind of stuff happens now what I think part of what makes this suspense based on the article I read about the the knowledge mismatch is that you get little um, pieces of text of the guy, the second shooter. I won't say anything about who the second shooter is, but it is revealed that he has been aware of this biologist for a while, and so has been keeping track of her. And I will say, like, I felt like this also fits into that genre of uh, ridiculously competent, powerful characters, like her mother was a former Air Force whatever and used to be like, okay, here is this dangerous situation. Figure out what you're going to do. And so, you know, various dangerous situations occur during the course of the the novel, which would be stressful and whatever. And she's stressed and you're stressed. And then she like figures out some really competent way to deal with it. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're competent. I would not be competent, but this is fun to read about. (laughs) So um, that is also an appeal, potentially. (laughs) Super competent biologist lady. Or thinking about how you would survive in the same situation, like what you would do. You no, you wouldn't survive. <laughs> I I yeah, I would pass away. <laughs> you know, you know what this reminds me of is was my idea for a research data, because that is my day job, is doing research data things at the library. A research data themed escape room. In which you would have to solve a series of research data related problems in order to escape from the escape room, which would be like a spaceship that was crashing into the sun or something. (laughs) So yeah, suspense, research data suspense. That's clearly the genre that I need to write next year. 
Maybe I should change it from evidence synthesis to evidence suspense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. I like it. Appeal factors. Some people actually like to have their like nervous system hyped up a whole bunch and then held at that state for a really long time. I, it drives them and then they read more and it's really interesting. Some people like I, that. I think this is very similar to like horror fans in that way. Yeah. And I wonder like if you could find a oh, no. difference between horror and suspense, like how you would define that difference specifically. Because I feel like there's many overlaps in that area. Maybe it's just the competence of the person in question. Like horror, horror protagonists are usually not like super competent compared to the people, whereas maybe suspense people are more competent. Mm-hmm. I'm just making things up at this point. So honestly, I'm just going to cut this out because some horror fan is going to be like, no, that's ridiculous. And I'll be like, okay, whatever. I, I literally don't know. It's probably about as valid as your, your running theories. I actually like the running theory better. <laughs> <laughs> Because there are some horror things that that people are actually um, they particularly like because the like the last standing female that whole trope that is a particularly competent woman right like that's a thing that people get really like excited about having in certain horror. And again, I'm not speaking as a horror reader, listener, watcher, etc. So I don't know the final girl. The final girl. Thank you. That's the term I couldn't think of. I want to say that. Horror tends to involve more terrible things, like there is gore and just the feeling of terror or dread is just a like a, a shift in in focus, I guess. Because they're not all gory. You can't say all horror is gory, but I feel like there is definitely the potential for overlap in the suspense and the in the horror. And suspense could. A- Absolutely lack any gore whatsoever and still be very dread inducing and and tense. Um, or it can include some, but I would say it often tends to be more towards the type of gore that is actually like real world uh reasonable as opposed to like you know, like a lot of horror escapes the bounds of what is likely to occur in the real world. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some of it is also the reader, like how the reader interprets what's happening. But maybe that's just me giving up on divining the things. <laughs> yeah, so high tension, um, high stakes. Some amount of mystery and or unknown that is getting resolved. I think is a common, mm-hmm. pretty much universal aspect of it. The the survival thing that I mentioned earlier, and I think you meant, you all mentioned some books, also shows that like suspense is not limited to fiction. You can have suspense nonfiction as well, which is kind of an interesting thing to consider. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I do think some of that readership does cross over potentially but actually it's interesting that you bring up that survival piece i feel like survival can mean survival in various different ways like there is survival as in literally surviving a situation that is deadly to you or survival as in maintaining your standing in the world or your um 
your life as it currently exists or your freedom or your like whatever it happens to be like there's various ways in which there could be survival you could be going through a suspense story because you are attempting to keep yourself from being convicted for a crime you didn't commit or survival because you're you know like all of that and i feel like that that is in some way a component um of the suspense is that you are generally struggling for or the main character, there's generally somewhere within there a struggle to maintain um, survival defined very broadly. By survival, I meant like trapped underwater in the Antarctic rainforest. Right. In the Antarctic rainforest. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the instinct. I was also thinking like, yeah, nature survival and had the instinct to be like, well, I feel like that's not as suspenseful because – you kind of know if it's a memoir, if, if they're writing the book, then they, they survive the situation. However, I then like tried to bring up examples to mine. And the first one I came to was 127 hours. And it's like, well, you do know that he survives. However, a lot of other things can happen that can definitely cause some tension. I've also read some that are like, that are historic in that way that are like, oh, here, let's talk about this like journey through the Amazon and what happened. And like, you don't know who's going to survive because there are often groups of people yeah. involved with these. So like, even if the author, even if it is a memoir and the author survived, you don't know who else did. But for some of the historic ones, they're basing mm. it off of like documents and journals and all that sort of thing. And so you don't necessarily know who survived or not. And I, but like, I'd never, if I was in a library helping someone who was like, oh, I want suspense fiction, I would think about recommending some nonfiction to them as well in this area because it might also mm -hmm. appeal to them based on on these things i feel like there is also some overlap then with true crime in like the feeling yeah i was gonna say true crime or like true stories of of espionage or other like suspenseful situations mm -hmm, for sure yeah i hadn't even think of, thought about like spy war stuff as a type of suspense as well but that definitely can fall into this category I think one of the, the big things is, um, like, when I was talking about looking for stuff, I was looking for stuff that was more sci-fi in nature. And so, like, setting can play a big role in what what types of suspense people find appealing, whether that's spy novels or, um, like, domestic dramas or detective stories or whatever, like, their, uh, like, contemporary stuff. That kind of stuff can also play a role in what people are interested in in terms of their their type of suspense would we read this genre again oh, I'm, I'm i'm seeing some i'm seeing some faces still not convinced it's a genre <laughs> <laughs> yes faces also don't translate to audio yeah i was grimacing a little i think yeah we have not really determined if it's a genre or if it's more of a theme we can also do themes on this show i'm sure we have in the past yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, we, we're we due for a uh, enemies to lovers romance episode, <laughs> which is definitely more of a theme or a trope than a genre unto itself. But it's also like a thing people select books by. I've definitely had reader's advisory situations where people have been like, I want enemies to lovers. Um, and I can imagine certainly somebody being like, I want something suspenseful and they don't care as much if it is mystery or or thriller, or, you know, specifically. Um would I read this again? <sighs> I would read the author that I read again. Was it a good example of suspense? Possibly not. <laughs> I will read probably many more comics that Edward Baker and Sean Phillips put out because I do really like them. 
And I think there is a hypothetical, like, escape room fiction style story that I would really enjoy. And I'm sure it's out there, and I just don't know where it is. So please recommend it to me. Uh, if I do read this again, uh, suspense type books again, which I probably will, I will almost certainly read the ending way before it is due to read the ending. But I might read the t- in suspense again. Just know that I will have spoiled the ending for myself in the process. Uh, I would say that I would not avoid suspense, but it won't be what draws me to the book. And I won't, yeah, I won't avoid it, but I won't seek out suspenseful type things. And I will continue to avoid the, like, high-tension, anxiety-producing type of books that turn both me and Anna off. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Book Club for Masochists. Find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, subscribe so you never miss an episode, and consider giving us a positive rating and or review. And if you've already done that, thank you very much. For all of our URLs and social media accounts, the four in our name is the numeral. You can go to our website at bookclub4m.com, join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash bookclub4m, and find us on Instagram at bookclub4m. Our email address is bookclub4m at gmail.com. On our website, you can find show notes that will provide links to things we mentioned, social media info for everyone who appeared on this episode, assuming we actually uh, still use those social media sites. It, it links to at least three now. Okay. And our genre-based book list of titles by authors of color. You can suggest a genre or a title for us to read or request a recommendation from us. We have a form you can fill out. No promises on reading your suggestion, but we will give you a recommendation if you ask for one. All opinions are our own and do not reflect our places of employment, if they exist. Book Club for Masochists is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Let us hear your your house remix of this episode <laughs> <laughs> our theme music is to arrakis by dark sun from the free music archive new episodes are the first and occasionally the third tuesday of every month join us again on tuesday december 19th when it's time for our favorite reads and other media of 2023 thank you for putting that other media in there i don't know how many favorite reads i'm going to manage to accomplish this year minecraft <laughs> They got books at Minecraft, right? Yeah, they do. Max Brooks, who wrote, like, World War Z, wrote one. I was talking about books inside the game, but there's also a ton of Minecraft books in our world. They're actually quite important inside the game. (laughs) Yeah. On Tuesday, January 2nd, it's time for trains, planes, and automobiles, and probably bicycles, as we discuss nonfiction books about transit. Huzzah! I was listening to um, a podcast from some people I know who do um, video game streaming stuff. And one of the things they said they learned was to not say um and ah and things like that because they stream so much and, and things like that. And so it's like, or even when they're doing podcasts and like while listening to them i'm like oh you're so good at this you're so good at not saying um and ah and i'm terrible at it um 
So it's just kind of funny to think about that. If not, I'll just make you re-record everything. Wow. Oh. Yes, your favorite. <laughs>